0: Ashley Rock reading Diane Palmer's book, The Last Mercenary, Chapter 3. Micah didn't say a word. He repacked the first aid kit into his backpack with quick, angry movements. He didn't look at Kelly. I guess you know how to use that gun. She said While it were found, or it looks like Lopez is going to catch us. I want you to shoot me. I'd rather die than face what you saved me from, she said in such a calm, quiet tone that it made all the more impact. Yeah, He looked up, scanning her drawn, white face. It was off, white. We won't get you. I promise. She turned a slow breath. Thanks. She traced a finger and her nail over the chemical And thanks for coming to get me. Lopez said he didn't have any plans to ransom me. He was going to let his men kill me because he thought it would make you suffer. What did you tell him? <laughs> That you were my worst enemy and you wouldn't care if he killed me. She said, But he said you did care about your father and he was the next victim. I hope you've got someone watching. Dad, she had to be really, anything happens to him. You really love him, don't you? Yes, yeah, and it all the He's the only person in my whole life who ever loved me. She said in a strange whisper. Our sound broke from his lips. He got up and started getting things together. Pulled out what looked like a modified cell phone. Spoke into it a minute later. He put it back in the backpack. They're on the way in. He stood over his face grim as he picked up the small lantern and the exquisited the fire. Oh, okay. Lost my place. <laughs> I know you must be cold. I'm sorry. I planned a quick airlift so I pack for a prolonged trick. It's alright. She said it once. Cold is better than torture. He cursed on her breath. See, back. We have to get to this. That small clearing on the other side of the stream it isn't deep, but I can carry you. I'll walk, she said with quiet dignity, standing up, but still painful to move because she'd been tied up for so long. But she didn't let on. Not enough already. I'm done, and nothing. <laughs> he smacked, turned on his heel, and led the way to the bank of the small stream, offering a hand. She didn't take it. She knew he found her repulsive. He even told her mother that she enjoyed taunting Callie with it. Callie never understood why her mother hated her so much. Perhaps it was because she wasn't pretty. Walk where I do. He bit off his drop of his hand. The rocks will be slippery. Go around them, not over them. Okay. Glanced over his shoulder as they started out the shadow stream. You're damn calm for someone who's been through what you have in the past two days. He almost, you have no idea what I've been through in my life. He murdered his eyes. It was as if he couldn't bear to look at her anymore. He his way across to the other bank. Callie followed obediently. her feet cold and wet. Her body should shivering only a little longer. She told herself when she to be home with Jack. She would be completely safe, except Lopez was still out there. She shivering cold. He asked when they were across. I'll be fine. She heard him. He led her through one final tingle brush, which he cut out. Of the way with the knife. She could see the silver ripple of the long blade in the dim light, the small flashlight he carried. She put one foot in front of the other and tried to blank out what would happen if Lopez's mane caught up with them. It was terrifying. They made it to the clearing. Just a dark, noisy silhouette dropped from the sky and dropped. They spotted us on radar, came a loud voice from the Joker. They'll be here in two minutes. Run. Run as if you. Run, as if your life depended on it. Micah told Callie, giving her a push. She did run, her mind so affected by what she already endured that she almost kept up with long-legged stepbrother. He leapt right up into the chopper and gave her a hand up. She landed in a heap of the dirty floor and laughed with relief. The door closed in a chopper lid, outside there were sound like firecrackers in the wake of the noise. The propellers made gunfire. Calling you know, It always sounds like firecrackers it's in real life, she murmured. Doesn't sound that way in the movies. <laughs> the government the sound in movies. My there was me the chin o' hand her into a seat on the edge of the firing lot. Mike and two other men made at the door. She looked up. There was barely any light in the helicopter, but she could make out a beard and a mustache and a long-leaf face. You made it too. She lay with a visual. Oh, I'm glad. I felt bad that even that other man had to be decoys just to get me out. <laughs> it was no trouble, Mademoiselle. The man said gently, smiling at her. Rest now. They won't catch us. This is Apache helicopter, one of the finest pieces of equipment your country makes. It has some age, but we find it quite reliable in such situations. <laughs> is it yours yes you, know, you might say <coughs> <coughs> you might say that we have access to it and very southern aircraft when we need them don't bore her to death bongo younger voice ch- listen to him i do not drone on eternally about the small computer you carry peter and its defined functions <laughs> uh, <laughs> A dark-haired, dark-eyed young man with white teeth came into view. <laughs> Rifle sung over. Computers are my specialty. He said, it "Was You're Callie. I'm Peter Stone from Brooklyn. That's Bongo. He's from Monaco, Morocco. I guess you know Micah and Smith over there. He indicated a huge argument. Runs a seafood restaurant in Charleston, along with our Maddie and a couple guys. We seem to have misplaced." <laughs> We haven't misplaced the micros so We've gone ahead to get the DC three gassed up. <laughs> On oh, Grand. Lopez will have men waiting at the airport for us. While well, we're taking off, where we landed at La Mercy private airstrip, micros play me. In La Marseilla, we'll have a small army at his airstrip just in case Lopez tries anything. But well, what about customs? Kelly voiced. Everybody laughed. She blushed, realizing now that her captors hadn't gone through customs either at these minutes. Okay, I get it. But <coughs> well, what about getting back into the states from here? I don't have a passport. You have a to get My fingerprint liner. I'll be waiting in Miami along. I'll be waiting in Miami along with a small bag containing some of your own clothes and shoes. That's why Maddie didn't come with us. He had his mother. Miami, she's lamely calling blatantly that he mentioned that before. Why not Texas? <sighs> You're coming back to the Bahamas with me, Cali. like it was like you'll be Lopez's priority now. He'll be out for revenge and it will take all of us to keep you safe. She got at it, but dad, she's dad is in good hands, so are you. I'm trying not to worry, I know what I'm doing. She bit her lower lip. None of this was making sense. And she was still scared every time she thought about Lopez, but all these men surrounding her looked tough and battered, battle-hardened, and she knew they wouldn't let her be recaptured. <laughs> Who's lamaros <Oops. laughs> Kelly asked curiously, Harris- man, he's retired now, like I said, coming away from the door, but he and Dutch Van Meer and J.D. Britman were the guys who taught us the trade. They were the best. Lameros lives outside Cancun on a plantation with his wife and kids, and he's got the equivalent of a small army around him. Even the drug boards avoid his place. We'll get out all right, even if Lopez has his men tracking us. She read her eyes and folded her arms tightly around her. Body. You are shivering, Bunger said. Here yeah. he folded a blanket and wrapped it around her. That one simple act of compassion brought all her repressed fear and anguish to the service. She bawled. Not a sound touched her lips, but tears poured from her eyes. Draped themselves hot and wet across her pale cheeks, down the corner of her pretty bow mouth. Micah saw them in his face, hardened like a rock. She turned her face toward the other side of the helicopter. She was used to hide her tears. They mostly angered people, made them more hostile, where they showed a weakness that was red he exploited, it was always better not to let people know they had the power to hurt you. She wrapped the blanket closer didn't speak the rest of the way. She closed her eyes, wiping at them with the blanket. Michael spoke in low tones to the other men, and although she couldn't understand what he was saying, she understood that rough, angry, tone. She heard it enough at home. For now, all she wanted to do was get to safety, the place where Lopez and the animals who worked for him couldn't find her, couldn't hurt her. She was more afraid now than she had been on the way out of Texas, because now she knew what... Great Capture would mean that darkness was a friend in which she could hide her fear, conceal her terror, the sound of the propellers beginning became suddenly like mechanical lullaby in her ears her like the whispers of deep voices around her into a brief, fitful sleep. She felt an odd lightness in her stomach and opened her eyes to find a helicopter landing on what looked like a small airship on private land. A big airplane with scars and faded lettering was waiting with its twin-prop engines already running half a dozen armed men, camouflaged uniforms, stood with their guns ready to fire. tall, imposing man with mustache came forward, he had a Latin look around him, dark guys and graceful movement, shook hands with Micah, spoke to him quietly so that his voice didn't carry. Micah listened and then nodded. They shook hands again. The man glanced at Callie curiously and smiled in her direction. She smiled back, her whole young face, drawn in fatigue. Micah motioned her. We have to get airborne before Lopez men get there. Commodore. Thanks, Diego. He called him up. No, no, it's Sonata came the a quick reply. Was that man you know? Was that the man you know at the plantation? Callie asked when they were inside, and In the door was, was That was Lamarro's. He said, He and his family won't be hurt on our account, will they? He glanced down. Oh, no, he said slowly. His eyes searched hers until so she looked away, made uneasy and shivery. By the way, he was looking at her. He turned and made his way down the aisle to the cockpit. Two men poked, poked their heads out, grinning, and after he spoke to them, they rubbed up the engines The position passengers strapped themselves into their seats. Callie started to set by herself, and Mikeett took her arm and he guided her into the seat beside his, surprised her, but she didn't protest. Reached across her to fashion her seatbelt, bringing his hard muscular chest pressing gently against her breast. She gasped as the pressure meant to go. God I'm sorry, I forgot. He said his hand going natural. Take him to her breath. It was bad. She went scarlet, of course. Nobody was near enough to see what was going on, but embarrassed her to have him touch her with such familiarity. Then <laughs> she remembered that he had her nude from the waist up one side. While he cleaned and bandaged that cut in her eyes searched his his while she tried to speak. Her tongue felt swelling, her breath came jerkily into her throat and her lips parted under his force. She felt winded as she trod white some soothed the soft on her. When we go to Miami, I'll take you to a friend of mine who's in private practice. We'll get you checked out before we fly out to the Bahamas. His other arm, muscular and warm, was under her head. He could feel his breath, mint-scented and warm on her lips as she searched his Her eyes, his free hand lifted, left her breast and gently cupped her soft, soft skin. He was would soft heart, sweet, soft mouth. His lips pressed the words against her mouth. Probably probing tenderly, he caught her upper lip in both of his, tasted it with his tongue, then he lifted away to look down into her shock, curious eyes. You should hate me, he was, I heard you, and you did nothing. Nothing at all to deserve it. She went, remembering how it had been when he lived with his father. I understood. You resented me. My mother and I were inter- your mother, maybe, never you. He looked formidable, angry and bitter, with black eyes were hesitant to ask. Maybe I don't really want to know. When Lopez had you, he began out of Are you raped? No, she said quite quietly. But I was a- was about to be. I remember thinking that if it hadn't gone all wrong that Christmas, her voice stopped. It was horrified. right She was about I know. He interrupted as well. I thought about it too. What Lopez's damn henchman did to you, at least wouldn't have been your first experience of intimacy if I hadn't acted like a prized heel with you. <laughs> he seemed maddened by the knowledge. His hand on her face was hard, and the pressure thing Please, he your tongue in, at his fingers. He relaxed I'm sorry, off. I'm still on the edge. This whole thing has been a nightmare. Yes, he searched his black eyes, which is knew he was thinking. His thumb softly over like, Lopez. We'll never get the chance to hurt you again, he said quietly. Wow. I give you my word," she bit her lower lip. When his hand lifted away, shy, shy, "Do you really think he'll come after me again?" "I think he'll try," he said honestly. She shivered. The her and I see, that. I was. Like, I hate remembering how helpless I was. I've been in similar situations," he said. Surprised, once I was captured on a mission, held for execution. I was tied up and tortured. I know how it feels. She gaped at him. "How did you escape?" Bongo and the others came in after me, he said simply, under impossible odds, too. He smiled. That was the first genuine smiling ever given her. I guess they missed being yelled at. She smiled back, as suddenly it was new to relax with Micah, not to be on her guard against antagonism and sarcastic comments. He touched her face with a curious intensity in his eyes. You must have been terrified when you were kidnapped. You've never known violence. She didn't sell him, but she had, even if not as dramatically as she had in Lopez. She lowered his heart, just went out. I never expected to be rescued at all, least of all by you. I wasn't even sure you'd agree to pay a ransom if they asked for one. He just went out, why not? You don't like me. She turned simply, you never did. (laughs) He it's a little more complicated than that, Callie. The same... All the same. Thank you for saving me. She didn't risk her own life to give me out. I've been risking it for years. He said absolutely While He studied her upturned face. She was too pale. And the fatigue she felt was as long as you try to sleep. It's going to be a long flight. Obliviously. Obviously he didn't want to talk. But she didn't mind. She was going like, out. Oh, okay. She moved back. And she leaned her head back closed her eyes and the tension of the past two days, caught up with her all at once. She fell asleep almost once and didn't wake up until they were landing. She opened her eyes to find a hard, warm pillow under her head. To her amazement, she just lied across Micah's lap with her cheek on his chest. Just... Wakey, wakey, E.T.'s been on the ground. Where? She asked, rubbing her eyes it's like a sleep job. Miami. Oh, at the airport. He chuckled. An airport, he corrected. Well, this one isn't on any map. He lifted her gently back into her own seat, got to his feet, stretching hugely. He grinned at her. Come on, pilgrim. We got a lot to do, but not much time. She let him lead her off the plane. The other men had all preceded them, leaving behind automatic weapons, pistols, and other paraphernalia. Aren't you getting your equipment? She asked my girl. He smiled with a finger, long finger against her mouth. His eyes were full of mischief. He never joked with her not in all the years they've known each other. It isn't ours. said, I think we do. And see that building? Those guys coming out of it? Yes. No, he corrected. There's no building, there's no guys, and those guys don't exist. All this is a figment of your imagination, especially the airplane. My gosh, he's playing with the white eyes. are working for the CIA. <laughs> he puts that love. Don't even ask me who they are. I swear, I'd never tell you, and I never will. Now, let's go before they get here. He and the others move rapidly toward a big sport utility vehicle that just off the apron. Apron, where they left the plane? Are you sure you cleared this with a few of with Kelly? The man who runs this place? Ebb did like I told him, but well, just in case, let's get the hell out of Dodge, boys. <laughs> he ran for the SUV, pushing Callie along. The others broke into a run as well, laughing as they went. There was a shout behind them, but it was still hanging on the air. On the driver, one of the guys in the cockpit, <laughs> burned rubber taken off. You'll see the license plate. Callie squeaked as he saw a suited man with an old pet looking after them. That's. That's the idea. The young man named Peter told him it's really a neat plate, too. So, this is the vehicle that belongs to the local director of the he has to say, of an agency we you know. We uh, had a friend borrow it from his house last, last night. We'll go to prison for years, Kelly explained more about it. Not really. The driver said, pull it quickly into a parking spot. Everybody out! Kelly Head was spinning. They got out of the SUV and into a beige sedan, sitting next to it with keys in the ignition. She was crowded in the back with Micah and young Peter, while the two pilots, one a Hispanic and the other, almost as blonde as Micah, crowded Bronco on either side in the front. The driver took off at a sedative pace, pulled out into Miami tra- traffic. That was when she noticed that all the men were wearing gloves. She was like, oh, wow. That's lovely. She muttered, That's just lovely. Everybody's wearing gloves, but me. My fingerprints will be the only ones they find. And I'll go to prison for years. I guess you'll all come and visit me Sundays, right? She added to accusingly Michael Chuckle. Michael Chuckle for pure light. The guy who owns the SUV is in front of EBS, and even though he doesn't show it, he has a sense of humor. He'll double up laughing when he runs to Prince and realizes you had his four wheel drive. I'll explain it to him later. Takes this straight to Dr. Chandler's office, Dawn. He told the long how well, to go, You know where it is? You bet, boss. I'm not going to prison, Kelly. can again, just be sure Michael puts Well, that depends on whether or not the guy accustomed recognizes us. I was kidding. He had it immediately when she looked ready to cry. She put her shoulder from us. I'll laugh enthusiastically when I get checked out. She promised, he will take good care of you, Mike and Sherry, <laughs> he and I, were at medical school together. Is he, I mean, does he do what you do? Nah, not Sherry, he told her. He specializes in trauma medicine. He's chief of staff at a small ho- hospital here. I see, she said, not he's a normal person. <laughs> I gave her a speaking glance. While the others chuckled. The hospital where Micah's friend worked was only a few minutes from the airport. Micah took Callie inside with the others, waiting in the car. Micah had private word with the receptionist who nodded and left her desk for a minute. She came back with a tall, dark-haired man about Mike's age motion to Micah. Callie was led back into an examination room. Micah sank into a chair by the desk. Are you going to sit there the whole time? Callie asked Micah. Aghast, well, the doctor asked her to remove the shirt she was wearing so he could examine her. You haven't got anything that I haven't seen, and I need to explain to Jerry what I did to treat your wound. He proceeded to do that while Callie, uncomfortable and shy, turned her shoulder to him and removed the shirt. The checking your vital signs, Dr. Chandler took the bandage off and examined the small red cut. I was crap How did this happen? He asked One of Lopez's goons had a knife and liked to play games with helpless women. Like I said, coolly. <laughs> I hope he won't be doing it again, the physician murmured as he cleaned and redressed the superficial. That's classified. Like I said, simply, Kelly ladies some i surprised, his black ass matters, but he didn't say anything else. I'm going to give you a tetanus shot as a precaution, Dr. Like Shannon said it was a professional, but I can almost guarantee that the cup leave a scar when it heals. Imagine it stings i let up, Kelly again. I need to give her a full examination. Dr. Chan told him I had to give Kelly to Why don't you go outside and smoke one of those contraband Cuban cigars I'm not supposed to know you have. They are contraband, like I told him. It isn't illegal if you're given one that someone has purchased in Cuba. Cobb was down there last month, and he brought me back several. Live it. It's to you to find a legal way to do something illegal. Chandler can't you. Speaking of which, I better give a mutual acquaintance a quick call. I thank him for the loan of his equipment. He glanced at Callie and smiled Maybe Callie can relax while you finish here. She didn't reply. He went out and closed the door behind him. He let out an audible sigh. Now, Dr. Chandler said as he continued, him, Tell me what happened. She did, still shaking and frightened, what she'd experienced in the last two days. He listened, while he worked, his face giving nothing away. What happened to the man who did it? He persisted. She gave him a minute. I really don't know. She lied. He's like, you and Micah, you sure that? Have you known him long? Since I was 15, she told him, his father and my mother were briefly married. You're Callie. The doctor said at once. End of chapter 3.